Hello and welcome. Get ready for a new episode on Weight Loss Simplified, the must-listen-to podcast for women over 40 who are tired of struggling with their weight. Whether you've been stuck in the yo-yo diet cycle of gaining or losing the same 20 pounds for years, or have recently put on weight and just don't feel good in your own skin, it's time to put an end to the confusion and frustration and make weight loss simple. Learn how with weight loss expert Jennifer Powder, your host of this podcast. Well, hey there. Welcome back to the Weight Loss Simplified podcast and to episode number three. Super excited that you're here for this because today I'm going to be talking about why it is so critically important for you to break the habit of dieting if you're wanting to create a long-term weight loss result for yourself. Now, hopefully you've listened to the first two episodes already and you're with me on some of those basic principles I'm laying down, which is diets work when you're on them and they stop working when you're off them. That is what leads to this chronic yo-yoing, weight up, weight down dieting cycle. And We think, you know, a lot of women I talk to sort of wonder if there's a lot of physiological damage that's happening from the up and down of their weight, losing 20, gaining 30, losing 25, gaining 40. And, you know, I would, I would hazard to say that the biggest damage is the damage that happens psychologically. It's the damage that happens to the belief systems you have about yourself, the damage that happens to your self-esteem, your self-confidence. That is what we're up against because we all know any woman who's lost 10 or 20 pounds knows how good it feels to get that result. You feel better in your clothes. Getting dressed isn't such a challenge. Uh, It feels, you feel confident when you go out and you're meeting people. You don't really worry about your weight as much. You don't feel as self-conscious. And we all know if you've been overweight, you know what it feels like when the weight just keeps coming onto your body. When when what, what was once your big pair of pants are now tight. I've been there and I hated it. It made me feel like such um, such a failure. And even though I was successful in these other areas of my life, back when I was struggling with this issue, it made all of my life, feel, you know, it made me feel like I was failing in all areas of my life because that voice in my head was so mean. So here's the thing. Every woman I've talked to is so smart. I mean, if I said to you right now, hey, you know, what do you think the top five things are you could do that would be beneficial to you and to losing weight right now? What would you do differently? Chances are you'd rattle off those top five things in about 10 seconds flat. So it's not that women don't know. In fact, they know a lot. Our trouble, and chances are it's your trouble, is you know really well, but you don't do it. When life gets hard or stressful, the actions, the the commitment to the desire of weight loss just seems to wane. And you're sort of in this position on Friday night when you're asking yourself, God, how is it that I know better, but I don't do better? So many of my clients literally could write their own diet book. You know, it's like, They've done them all. They've, they've lived the life. They've ordered the food. They've uh, counted calories, counted points. They learned how to cheat the points. They learned how to get confused. And basically, if confusion was reigning supreme, it gave them a legitimate reason to not track the calories in something. And so they could eat it. You know, it's funny. It's like, we're so brilliant. And then we'll engage in all of these self-sabotaging patterns, which sometimes we don't even know 
our patterns. So as much as women get concerned about the up and down effect of um, weight gain, gaining and losing, the biggest damage I see is the damage that happens psychologically. It's the damage that happens to your self-esteem, your self-confidence, to the belief systems that you have in your head about yourself and who you are and what you're capable of. And it becomes very insidious to start to believe the negative that you're a loser, that you're a failure, that no matter what, you just can't do this. And that is just 100% not true. In fact, I'm going to share something with you. You know, I personally believe that if at this moment in your life, there's been this internal voice saying, hey, hey, wake up, hey, it's time. If you've been hearing a message and feeling this compelling need to change some things about yourself, to get healthier, to create more energy for yourself, to lose some weight so you can feel better in your own skin, then I truly believe that it's a gift. I really do. I think that it's easy to stay, to stay asleep. I think it's easy to continue to engage in very self-sabotaging patterns of using food and or booze to numb yourself, to distract yourself from your life. And if you're here and if you're at some point in midlife, which is usually for my clients when they're like, you know what, I'm done with this crap that doesn't work. I know it doesn't work and I keep doing it. I'm ready for something different. Then you got to trust that message. You got to trust that inner voice within you because that's your wisdom. That's the wisdom within you saying, you know what? It's time for you. Now it's up to you if you pay attention to that message. Some, some women will, some women will go on, you know, distracting themselves for who knows years or maybe decades. I've got women in their seventies who would have given anything to have paid attention to their inner voice that said, Hey, Hey, it's time for you to take care of you when they first heard it in their forties and fifties. So I've said it before in the previous episodes on this podcast, but so much of the weight loss challenges that exist out there is actually because women are focusing on the wrong problem. My hunch is you believe you have a weight loss problem, that maybe you have a food problem. You may be, you know, and, and the, continual of, the continuum of self-awareness is, is grand. It's a huge continuum. You may know your emotional triggers. You may know that you're an emotional eater. You may know all sorts of things about yourself, but the focus becomes your weight. And then the problem gets equated to what you're focusing on, which then is I've got a weight loss problem. In my world, I don't actually think that's the right problem to be focusing on. Most women, in my experience, the weight is a symptom of the way they're handling or coping with other problems in their life. And it's a visible symptom. It's not like you can hide it, right? Um, if you're a smoker, if you, if you are a compulsive, I don't know, Facebook addict or a gambling addict or a sex addict, no one can necessarily see that about you unless you tell them, right? Whereas with weight, uh, people see you all the time. They see what you look like. You see what you look like every day. And, and this is where we have to go, okay, well, if my problem isn't a weight loss problem, well, then what's my biggest problem? Oh, it's such a good question. In fact, when you start to ask yourself questions like that, you're going to start to get better solutions. So typically, I always say that women don't have a weight loss problem 
they've got problems of self-betrayal, of lacking trust with themselves, of uh, lacking integrity and accountability to holding themselves as a priority and then staying committed to what they need and want. They have a a letting themselves off the hook problem, you know, which means that the the amazing conversations we can engage in when we want to give ourselves permission to just not care or to just not worry about it tonight or this weekend or this month. The weight loss problem, it's not really there. It's a symptom that you probably have some life problems that you're using food to try and fix. And your body's telling you, your inner wisdom's telling you that it's just not working. And this is why I do so much work with my clients around helping them focus on creating a lifestyle of healing the pain, of of healing the need to distract or deflect or to numb. Because you know what? The sad truth is, is when you numb the pain in your life, you're also numbing the good. You're numbing the joy. So sure, we might, you know, if life is a, a continuum of zero to 10, where zero is like the really hard emotions, the sadness, the fear, the abandonment, the insecurity, and 10 is like the belly laughs and the joy and the excitement of just being alive and the gratitude we have for the little things. When we, when we try to prevent ourselves from feeling the pain and the sorrow that exists in the zero one twos, well, we take away the 10, nine, eight. And then we also don't like how it feels to live at a three, four. So then we also numb uh, being at a six, seven. And pretty soon it's like we're living on this, in this flat line, this rut, this everything's fine. How are things good? And yet we're missing the breadth and depth of the full experience of our life due to how we're trying to fix our life problems with food and wine. (laughs) It's like a crazy little loop, isn't it? All right. So chances are you're like, yeah, yeah, 10, I get it. Oh my gosh. Just like resonates. I feel this way. And if you do, or even if there's this part of this that resonates for you, then let me give you something today, like right now that's going to help you elevate yourself around the problem that you're focusing on and get you thinking about things that will yield you such greater return on your emotional investment of energy. Because sure, you can worry about your weight, stew about your weight, be angry at yourself and all of that stuff that's probably become a habit for you. Or you can focus your energy on creating change. That's what did it for me. I knew I was on the wrong path, but it was like, I just kept walking it. I just sort of, I kept taking one step after another, complaining about it, uh, focusing on all the hardships that walking that path was creating in my life. And it was only when I had my like breakdown moment that I was like, oh my gosh, there has got to be a different way. And truly, literally, I heard a voice back that said, there is, but you have to be willing to change. And humans, quite frankly, we're creatures of comfort. We like the comforts of home. We like our comfort foods. We even in some sick way, like the miserable comfort zone that we live in. Why? Well, because it's familiar. And what's familiar to our psyche feels safe. Anytime we're breaking away from our habits, whatever they may be, it creates a sense of uncertainty within ourselves, Are we going to be good at this? Are we going to, who are we going to be if we change this? 
all of these crazy wild thoughts will come into our mind to try to keep us stuck, if you will. It's funny, but not funny, right? Because as long as the longer you stay stuck, the less you're going to be able to live your life and have the things that you want to have. So like I said, I wanted to give you something to work on today. Now, this doesn't matter if you don't have a pen or anything to write this down. Uh, you can always come back and listen to it. And maybe you've even heard this. I would hazard to guess you've probably heard this. You'll hear all sorts of health experts and weight loss experts say, you need to know your why. Like, why is it so important for you to lose weight? Now, I have asked women this question every time I, I'm, I mean, I talk to women all day long. And when I ask this question, some women know why, and some women are just so used to having it be something that they haven't yet succeeded at yet, that the idea of not trying to lose weight is foreign to them. And for some, I remember this one woman, her name was Sarah. She's like, wait, what? Like, what do you mean? You mean I could just like not make this a goal? I can just stay where I am? Because I actually, you know what? I have great life. I would love it if I didn't worry about my weight anymore. And I said, well, do you feel good in your body? And she says, yeah, but I always just feel this shame of like somehow I'm overweight. Now for her, it came out that yes, you guessed it. Her mom took her to her doctor when she was about nine or 10. And she asked the doctor to prescribe Sarah diet pills because she didn't want a quote unquote fat daughter. Her daughter wasn't fat at all. Luckily, the doctor did not do this. We're going back like 50, you know, 50, let's see, 48 years ago. So thankfully the doctor didn't do that back then. But the idea that she needed to struggle with her weight was planted at a very early age. And so it was a breath of fresh air for her to go, what? I can just accept my body the way it is. And I can just choose to live my life and I can choose to feel good in this body. Now for her, that worked. For some women, and I'm one of these women, I couldn't do it because you know why? Inherently, I knew that the way I was treating my body with food, excess food consumption, excess alcohol consumption, I knew that something at my core, in my core was wrong in my life. I knew I was using food as like some sort of band-aid to all sorts of things that were going wrong in other areas of my life that I just didn't want to face. And I also felt like I was living in complete contradiction to my values. And that's what really got it for me. You know, I never, I wanted to be the mom that could go and do things with her kids. I wanted to be the mom that could take the six flights of stairs and not the elevator. I wanted to be the mom that could keep up and have fun and not be like, no, my knees are sore. No, I, I didn't want to be sick or um, not be able to do things with my kids. Anyways, this goes back to the whole concept of what's your weight loss? Why? Except I like to put it differently. For me, so much of my life has been created by having a vision of success, of what's it going to look like? What's it going to feel like when I imagine my future, when I imagine myself as the very uh, best version of me, what do I see? And I literally try to create a mind movie and I want you to do this too. I don't want you to focus on your why because it's so easy to go down a rabbit hole of, well, if I've wanted this so badly, how come I haven't achieved it? And then you get sucked into this vortex of negativity and failure and your ego just has a field day with you, making you feel awful about yourself. So let's scrap that. And instead let's move to something really positive and fun. 
create a mental mind movie in your head of the vision you have for yourself of fitting into the pair of jeans that you would love to slip on and the t-shirt that you would love to wear or that dress that you would love to go out on a date with your partner with because you know it looks so good on you. Or maybe just see yourself waking up in the morning easily, breezily walking into your closet knowing that anything you try on fits and that you feel good in it. If you don't have a vision of your future you, of who you want to become, let me be clear. Your mind will grab on to past versions of you that never got what you wanted and will constantly remind you of that. So you can either look forward and create that. But in my experience, most women are looking backward and they're doing the woulda, coulda, shoulda thing, right? If I only had done this, if I hadn't have done this, I could have done this differently, but you know, so we can't create any change in our life if we're looking backward and yet we're wanting to move forwards. The next thing that I would suggest, there's six steps here, okay? The second step is after you've spent some time really asking yourself and thinking about your vision and creating that mind movie and seeing these, seeing you, seeing you as either this version of you that inspires you or aspects of this version, maybe it's standing on the scale and seeing a number, maybe it's, I know you're going to figure it out but you have to give yourself the time to daydream about this. And then you're going to need to make a powerful decision. That decision is what is your first goal here? What is the accomplishment? What is it that's going to show you? What decision do you need to make to have this help your vision come to life? So let me tell you how this works. A decision is something like this. I had a vision a long time ago of wanting to run a marathon. I saw my brother do it. I found it so inspiring and I was not a runner. I had no idea how to run. In fact, I hated running and actually didn't believe I was a very good runner. See how amazing our belief systems are? And yet I made the decision that no, I was in fact going to run a marathon. Now I could have just made that decision and actually never run a marathon. I could have just said, yeah. And then I could have just kept procrastinating and waiting for the right time and, you know, telling myself I was going to do it. And I would be pretending that I was trying to run, you know, run, but I wouldn't be getting any closer, would I? So after the vision, you've got to make a powerful decision about what you're going to commit to. And then you need to cement this commitment with taking an action step. What is an action step that you are going to take? And this doesn't mean that you're going to all of a sudden go crazy and do all of these, you know, 18 different things at once, because if you have a history of being a chronic dieter, you already know that um, doing too many things at once leads to overwhelm and overwhelm leads to quitting. It is the precursor to quitting. How do I know? Well, I talk to women about it every day who tell me that's exactly the problem and I understand it myself. There's only so much change that our brains can handle at one time. Why? Because we're creatures of comfort. So we have to allow ourselves to adapt to each new change and to start to feel confident and confident in the changes that we're creating which is why it's not a great idea to be like, okay, I'm going to eat break, breakfast. I'm going to have all my water. I'm going to get to the gym six times this week. I'm also going to run. I'm going to walk the dog 40 times. Like all of a sudden you're like, I can't do this. And then you go right back into the habit of all or nothing. 
on the wagon or off the wagon. Now, what's funny is the minute you take an action step, you know what? You know what gets in the way? Fear. It's time to call a spade a spade. The biggest barrier to creating change in your life is fear. Now, this doesn't mean that you walk around all day feeling scared. It's not like that. Fear is very, very sneaky. It shows up as procrastination, engaging in self-doubt, worrying, wondering, am I doing the right thing? Is this really going to work? Is this possible for me? Maybe I should be doing something different. It's about being skeptical and cynical about the likelihood of you succeeding at something. Your brain will try to grab onto all of the memories it has of you taking action before and failing. It loves to bring up your failures. It's, it gives your mean voice ammunition. And that ammunition, if you're not aware that fear is part of this process, fear can stop you in your tracks. And essentially, it's just your mind's way of trying to keep you stuck. It likes to trick you and make you believe that your excuses and limiting beliefs are somehow truth, that they're real, but they're not. The thing that happens is that you've just accumulated some disappointment over the years from previous diet failures. And that is why we have to break the habit of dieting and keep the focus on the lifestyle changes that you're making slowly consistently, and ultimately they will become permanently. Well, permanent changes. So this is why the vision is so important. If you become disillusioned with your own ability to create change, it's easy to get sucked into the fear. But you have to be strong. And that's why I like to teach you when you know fear is part of this process, you get to go, oh, here you come, fear. <laughs> Jen told me about you. I expected you, but you don't get to stop me this time. And what's crazy is, you know, people think it's the fear of failure, but many of my clients also are afraid of the fear of the fear of success. Because if you're really going to do this journey for reals this time, you may have to face things about yourself or your life that you just haven't wanted to face yet. You may not know who you're going to be when you're at a different weight. In so many aspects, we're stripping away pieces of your identity, whether you've thought of yourself as the chubby girl or the happy girl, or you're the fun party girl, or you're the, you're the one who's the baker and the cake maker, and you're the one that your family depends on to be the cooker and the doer of all these things. Yeah, you're changing. And you should. We're not supposed to stay stuck as just one version of ourselves. Fear will tell you that you might lose your friends or you may not fit in or uh, people won't like you or it's like all of this stuff. But when you truly get clear that you are 100, not 90%, not 75%, but I mean 100% committed to losing weight and you want to change the way that you use food and or alcohol, to numb your pain or distract you from the hard things that are happening in your life, you're gonna know that you're ready and it might feel raw and it might feel scary. You may feel tender, <laughs> but this is exactly the process. This is exactly what we need to do in order to create these new coping mechanisms to understand what our true feelings are about situations in our life and then figure out how to move through them. Make sense? Now, there's only two more pieces to this. The second last one is cheerleaders. 
you've got to have, you've got to have the people who are on your side. I don't mean your secret sabotagers because chances are there's plenty of those too. We all have the friend who calls up and says, Hey, it's wine o'clock somewhere. Come over. Let's have a glass of wine. Or maybe most of your social connection is around or with your partner, for instance, is both finish work for the day and boom, that drink gets poured. And it's like this transition drink that lets you know that it's a now time to relax. Or maybe you're the super social girl on the weekends, a woman on the weekends, and all your friends expect you to be the life of the party. And you're tired of the hangovers and the brain fog and the pounds that you can't get rid of. So yeah, there's going to be some change. And so the cheerleaders that you have in your life have got to be the people who support you no matter what. They see your successes. They see your effort. They support you. They're there for you when it gets hard. And you know what? The hard thing about this is it may not be the people that you think it's going to be. For instance, your partner may not be the kind of cheerleader that you need. In fact, your partner can actually be one of your secret sabotagers because he or she may like doing these things with you. They may like sitting down and eating a bowl of chips and watching Netflix. They may like sharing a bottle of wine with you every night, which is fine for them to do, especially if they are not trying to go on a weight loss journey, but you get to do you and they get to do them. What we have to do is learn how to have boundaries around that. And that'll be a whole other podcast episode, don't you worry. So the cheerleaders may be people in your life that are unexpected support systems. It could be the person you meet at the gym. It might be somebody you go for a walk with. It may be uh, a distant relative, but the point is, you know that they have your back. And when you set up some boundaries about what you do and what you don't do anymore, they go, okay, that's great. I really appreciate, I think it's amazing that you're making these changes. Now, the last part of this is life is not always going to be easy and smooth. You know, weight loss, so many diets, I feel like they put women into losing weight in a bubble, but the bubble bursts eventually. The curveball will come. The emotional tsunami will hit. That's what it is to be alive. You cannot live your life in a bubble. So don't lose weight in one and expect it to be permanent. Live your life, have the challenges, and then learn how to deal with those challenges. And part of that for women is also knowing how to rest and recommit. This does not mean burning the candle at both ends, sacrificing self-care for the sake of, uh, for the sake of doing better. It means you pay attention. Sometimes you're going to win and sometimes you're going to learn. There is no failing in my world. I'm winning or I'm learning. I want you to adopt that phrase. And sometimes you need to rest and rest does not mean that you get complacent. Rest does not mean that you give up on your goals. In fact, rest is a critical part of the process where you recommit to your vision and you go through this whole cycle again. You have a vision, you make a decision, you take some action, you feel the fear, you face the fear, you move through the fear, you gather your cheerleaders, you lean in you get their support, and then you rest and you recommit. There are some times in my days where I'm working the cycle every hour, not necessarily with weight loss. I've got that part dialed, but in other areas of my life where I'm looking to expand myself and to grow and to create change in my life so that I can become the version of me that basically gets to live the vision that I dream about. It works. Now, the last thing I'm going to leave you with today 
is dieting will give you a quick result. Creating a lifestyle, building the habits to have a lifestyle that support your weight loss result, that takes time. And so we need to make sure that, you know, you're giving yourself the time and the gift of patience in order to lose the weight. And if you've ever seen, you know, a, a bonfire and somebody puts a log on a fire, does the log combust immediately and turn to ash? No, it takes time, just like fat. Fat is going to become an energy that gets mobilized as a fuel source, fuel source and melts off your body. But you got to give it time. And you got to work these tools that I'm going to give you. I'm going to try to give you a new tool or new way to think about this um, in these episodes to come. Because commitment plus, plus patience yields your success. I promise. So listen, if you know that uh, you've been a chronic dieter, that you feel very addicted to the habit of dieting, I want to invite you into my private Facebook group for women over 40. It's the Diet Disruption Movement, and you can search for that on Facebook. And I'm doing Facebook Lives in there three times a week, answering questions and connecting with uh, women from all over the world, the women who are ready to do it differently. So absolutely feel free to do that. Come find me there. And or, or if you know you want to take a step right now and get the accountability, support, and expert guidance that you need to make your weight loss goals a reality, and you want to see what it might be like to work with me, well, then head on over to www.jenniferpowder.com forward slash apply and fill out, uh, answer a couple of questions, and then I'll be in touch with you. We can talk. All right. Thanks for tuning into this episode. I'm excited for the next one. You know why? It's all about what my second book's about. It's about stop sabotaging your weight loss results and all the insidious ways women do it. So get ready for that one. We'll see you there. Thanks for listening to another episode on the Weight Loss Simplified podcast. If you loved today's show, share it with a friend and then go to iTunes to subscribe, rate and leave a review. To access additional free weight loss resources, head on over to www.jenniferpowder.com. Don't forget to join us next week for another episode.